Your host, Charlie Brown, joined by his co-host, Sean, a.k.a. Sloyd Butler. And we are back. Thin line between sports and hate. Episode 2, season 2. Let's talk about it. And the man that helped me execute this plan, no other, please, gentlemen, state your name. What's good, everybody out there? This Sean, a.k.a. Sloyd Butler. Get familiar. And we are back. Feeling good, man. What about you, Sloyd? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Just, you know, investing in the greeneries right now. That's about it. Yeah, but that's that's always the move. You know, I'm always about green peace, as they call it, Mother Earth, as it birthed. You know what I'm saying? I'm always about that myself. But as we know, man, on this show, man, we talk about the NBA, a little boxing, a little bit of this, a little of that. But we're going to get straight into the NBA because it's been great. And as we know, last night, Harden finally had his moment in the garden. Golden State is boogieing on down over everybody. Um, rumor trades, um, as, as I'm pretty sure you you you're pretty um educated on. Also, we're gonna talk about the rookies and um East versus West because the All Star Game is approaching soon and the deadline for voting will end soon. So we got to talk about who we think is possibly going to be on it, who isn't, and um a few other things along the way. But it's gonna be a great episode of the NBA, man. Um. Further ado, man, let's get started with topic number one. Let's talk about hard moments in the garden last night. 61 points. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry he stumped out. I'm sorry he stumped out like that, my, my guy. He stumped the mud hole in y'all. You know what's crazy, though? He was talking about it, Um, I think it was the day before. He said, you know, he's never had his moment in the garden yet. And I'm like, oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> and he... And I said, oh, man, we play him, too. And he went for it. Um, 61 points. Outscoring a team starting five by yourself says a lot. He almost got Melo record, man. You know, Melo still holds the record for him most in the garden. You know, shout out to Melo, man. He's still a king in the garden. Damn right. Uh, I think he tied Kobe's um Most definitely did. So what's yep. up? Yep. <laughs> Crazy man, that man was play the Warriors. He could try to put eighty one on their head. I feel like, but you know when I when we watch basketball, we look at the entire game, not just one individual. And um, though he scored sixty one points, they almost lost. What if he would have lost? How would that look? What happened the last time he scored? Mm-hmm. But points and they lost. Yeah, just for you know mm-hmm. putting the camera in his face. So I mean, yep. it tell you that you know he know he know what's going on right now. He know that he carrying that team. He know for him to be a superstar, he got to keep on carrying people. But as we saw, as we started to see with LeBron carrying somebody for so long, going to eventually wear you down. But James still young, so he got a little bit more tread on those tires. He does, but I don't know. In the Dan Tony system, it's a little different, and um, 
here's the thing. I'm looking at the bigger picture here. Everybody's so hyped and, you know, I don't know. The way this era is going and after and after seeing how Westbrook took over the NBA with the MVP season, though his team didn't, you know, you know, wasn't projected to go far in, in you know, in the West. We knew that from the jump. But because he had such a phenomenal individual season and we knew that he was the team's MVP, we gave it to him, right? Right. But where did he get him, though? I mean, MVP is cool, but I'm pretty sure they would rather take the chip. So here's my thing. Yes, these numbers are great, you know, and I'm going, oh, but I'm, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like the same story. I, I've seen this before, and this doesn't have a good ending. You understand what I'm saying? Most like, different. I don't see a championship in the future playing like this. So is this great right now? You know, but for the long run, are we happy about this? If you're a true Houston Rockets fan, are you happy that I mean I'm be real? If I'm a loyal Houston Rockets fan. I'm not hyped about this because that's telling yeah. me they shut him down in a seven game playoff season. Who the hell is going to help him out? We're not going far. I got hey, I got one name to say, and everybody know in Houston and Texas period who this is. Manu. He showed he showed his flaw. You know what I'm saying? Like like James Harden mm-hmm. like saying he can score on anybody, he can carry the load. But the thing about him that I see he tried to improve on this year was his conditioning and the way he carries himself on the court. He came in bigger this year, but he has more endurance. So I feel like when they come at him this year in the playoffs with that same mentality Manu did when he blocked the shot and ended their whole hopes of going, you know, the first time when everybody thought James Harden was hitting his brink. I think with having Chris Paul coming back eventually and even having Austin Rivers right there, even though Austin Rivers is not a, you know, a dominant point guard, he's still a good enough guard to get the ball out of James' hand when James tired to even just, you know, set up another shot for somebody. I just feel like they need to go out to somebody in this in this trade deadline, another score, <clears throat> and preferably somebody that Excuse plays me. that can be like a stretch four or something like that. They need somebody like that, in my opinion. Somebody he can kick the ball to and that can help him, you know, take some of that workload off him. Because like you said, the more and more he carries people, he's going to break down. I mean, we, we, just, we just know it. I mean, D'Antoni, you know, yep. no disrespect, uh, Mike, but you run your best players into the ground. I mean, you, you see. Yeah, you're, 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 yes, he is an offensive Thibodeau. He is a player killer. Hate to say that. As good as that offense is, let's be real. Hasn't him got, it hasn't gotten him nowhere but the Western Conference Finals. And they barely let's be got real. Listen, being real. <clears throat> And then you lose because you know what? That bench is 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 depleted really. Um, Eric Gordon actually had a good game last night, and that's shocking because it's almost like he's having his sophomore year again. Like, you know, when he played good his rookie year, then he died out. Then all of a sudden, when he came back to Houston, he had all of a sudden a great uh, you know an emergence, and now it's like it died down again. So, uh, it, he's iffy. Um, I agree with you. They definitely need to uh, make another move. Uh, they. They went for the manimal, <laughs> a.k.a. Kevin I, I respect Fareed. that, though, because Kenneth Fareed, I mean, he still got some Kenneth Fareed, I said Kevin Fareed. He's a scrappy player, so I feel like come playoff time. In that pick and roll, he going to cause a lot of tension on people who trying to go at James, you know, because he, he the type of player, he won't he don't care about giving up a foul to prove a point that you're not going to just step up on my man. I mean, he showed that in Denver, like, so I, I feel like that was a good pickup. But they only did that because they want somebody to, you know, cut down those minutes on Capella, if we're being honest. He plays just like Capella plays. So it, won't, it really won't be a big switch, in my opinion. Capella just got a few inches on him. You know why I say that, that wasn't a great pickup? He's not the same no more. Um, 
those hops, they've been gone for years now. Um, he's undersized for his position. Uh, to me, I would compare him to a lesser version of a Nene Hilario, which they had a few, um, few seasons ago. Um, I do like the fact that he's pure energy off the bench. Um, not not an impressive rebounder. Um, anymore. Will play was like you said, his athleticism was everything for him. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it like was. I said, you know, last episode about uh, Blake Griffin. It's the same. Like, you know, you got to evolve your game. And if you don't evolve You your game, have to. And yeah. to me, he really has it because I thought somebody like him, like you said, he does the pick and roll because he, he still is quick for his, his size and his position. So I feel if he can get sort of like that, you know, that Kurt Thomas kind of like old school Charles over his little 15, 20-footer, he'd be good. Coming off the side, a little combalone shot or something like that. He'd be great. That's all you asking him for because he's only giving you 15 minutes off the bench. Right. Uh, he's been doing decent because, you know what, he's bringing energy and he's a hustler <clears throat> at the end of the day. That man, like you said, he's going he's gonna to give a foul. He, he's going to play hard. I like that about him. Um, you need somebody who's at least going to try on defense. So in that regards, it wasn't a bad pickup. And um, who's the other guy they pick up? Um, they picked a free and someone else. Damn. I, um, I, I didn't catch the next guy they picked up. I was still thinking about what why Marquise Chris hasn't done anything, and he was you know a oh Corey Brewer. No, it wasn't Corey, no, Corey Brewer. Corey, Corey Brewer picked, went to Philly. That's, 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 Philly. That's, that's what, what I meant to say. That was somebody else who got picked up. Yeah, we was just yeah, and he, he performing very yeah. well. Well, that man. Listen, he's still young. Let's not forget that man put up fifty two points. Definitely. People forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, people forget the man did score or was a great college player, um, phenomenal defender. Listen, things just happen. Um, hopefully he'll get his break. I, like I said, I see Houston. <coughs> what they need a healthy Chris Paul. They need a consistent Eric Gordon. They need a healthy Capella just to come back to compete with the uh, to get back to the Western Conference Finals. And to be honest with you, if LeBron comes back. And um, L.A. starts gelling like they did before. To me, that's a series I want to see in, in the West. Definitely. Yeah. I, I would love yeah. to see that series. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to see opinion. L.A. face Golden State first because I already know what that is. That's a first-round knockout. It's a Tyson yeah. fight. I feel like that that will be the, the, the championship, though, in my opinion. Like, for what we want to see this year. Like, yeah, we want to see Golden State ball, but we, are, we already know what they're going to do. Like, everybody kind of has an idea. As long as they line up, they're starting five stays healthy. And they got at least two players come off the Bears championship there. I mean, it's not really nobody really can compete with them. But I would like to see um, Houston go against the Lakers in the Western Conference yeah. Finals. That I would be that would be awesome. Even if it's in the semi, let's say it's in the second round. Let's see who up. You know, I would love to see winner face Golden State. That would be awesome. That would be a great series. I'm telling you right now, just to see LeBron yeah, and, and, and Harden go at it. Oklahoma City. That that'd be two great series to see in the West, definitely. It, it would the way Paul George is uh balling out of control and um huge Stephen Adams fan um underrated that dude is underrated man Stephen Adams also had one of the posters of the week man but listen yeah. man Houston Rockets bro love it or hate it man uh moving on to the East Coast real quick um your boy Mister New Balance Kawhi number two Leonard. It's missed his fourth straight game, but is there a need to worry? The Raptors are eleven and three without him. But are the Spurs were the Spurs right about him? That's the question. Um, 
He's not playing. You know, Raptors, listen, they want him back. So they're giving him carte blanche. Anything he wants, he gets. Right. Can this can this be a, the two things? Were the Spurs right? And can this be a problem in the future for the Raptors if he doesn't resign? I put it like this. With Kawhi, he's in a he's probably in the worst situation of all players that are going to be free agents. And I only say that because what he does next will determine his career. Like, no matter what he did in San Antonio, we'll remember that. But what he does next will determine his career. And in my opinion, though, I got love for Toronto because Vince Carter, you know, that's my guy. But any great superstar player that stays in Toronto, their career diminished. I mean, we got to just look at the facts. If you look at DeMar DeRozan now, he's playing way better. He's a, he's an all-around player now. Even though he was evolving and becoming that in Toronto, I think being in Pop's system slowed him down, made him understand the, the value of fundamentals. Oh, you going to understand basketball, yes. Yeah. You understand basketball. You got, you, got, you got vets like uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Rudy Gay, like I keep coming on, giving him defensive tips. And you can see he doesn't just run to a man on defense now. Now he really shuffles. He's not using all his endurance to get to somebody. You know, he still has that, mm-hmm. that burst of speed when he gets the ball in his hand off of a defensive position. So – I think what we're saying about Kawhi, if he does not move on, his career, in my opinion, will only be, I mean, if James Worthy would have left the Lakers and played by himself, would he still be James Worthy? Oh, most definitely just without the chips, though. He would just exactly. be known as a He's going to be a great scorer. Player, but yeah. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have the championships. I don't think Toronto is a team that can do it. They got a great young nucleus. Don't get me wrong. That team is amazing. They scrap. They, I mean – you see the guy. 11-3 um, without him. The game, the game with the layup, I forget, I forget the guy's name, but the game with the layup, I mean, that was a big play. I mean, Kawhi's on the bench. You got a guy who's a role player telling the people, give me the ball, I'm going to win the game. Yeah, I feel like Kawhi and Kyrie are in the same position right now. Like, they both need to either mm-hmm. leave or change the narrative of the play. Like, some of those players That's a very have good, to lose. You're going to have to very lose good comparison. stay there. Like, I mean, just being real, they're going to have to bring in somebody who wants to play a lesser role, like a Danny Green. Like, Danny Green's so trying to be in the number two to Kawhi. The number two, yeah, he's a great – he was a great acquisition. So, with that regard, so you think with Toronto um, letting him get his way, are they making a mistake for the future if he doesn't resign? I don't think they're making a mistake because the one thing he didn't get in San Antonio was his way. Now they're giving him a voice, and I think, you know, people love Kawhi. No matter what's said on the media or how he comes off, Every player that plays basketball loves a player like Kawhi Leonard. He's going to go out there every minute, every second, and give you everything he got. And if he's able to play, even if he's injured, he's going to try to play. So I feel like it's going to be – the players they're saying are trying to go to the Clippers, they want to go to L.A., I think these players will be willing to come to Toronto to play with Kawhi, like a Jimmy Butler. I could see a Jimmy Butler go to Toronto and be a beloved. You know, that will probably be one of the most – ridiculous defensive like, perimeters ever oh my god ever. You, like i mean like you can't even compare it to nobody there, there's there's yeah. no other duo <clears throat> that elite defensively and still had the mindset that i could kill you offensively like, offensively and clutch yeah definitely. so with that okay so what you're saying okay with he'll still play injured so are you saying the spurs were wrong by saying that he really wasn't that hurt and he could have played as yeah, in, you know, right now. I definitely feel like they were wrong. I mean, we, mm. we look at it right now, like, all right, you got Dennis Smith Jr., who's probably at 80% right now. He can come back, he can play for Dallas. 
but you just had me in trade rumors. You had me in these different talks. That's the same thing that San Antonio was doing to Kawhi. They were trying to diminish his character. It's like one thing about, you know, uh, a silent killer. You speaking on his name and down talking him is only going to make him more mad. And when every time he sees Oh, him, yeah, uh, rebellious, 100% yeah. rebellious. Yeah. So uh, I don't feel like, you they're know. They're sort of. Go ahead. I don't. I don't feel like you know barking him down or make you know making him feel like he needs to come out early is going to make him play you know better or make him. All right, I'm gonna come out and want to come play just like Dennis Smith Jr. taking his time. Kawhi's going to take his time to get fully healthy because he knows one thing is coming. What everybody's worried about the playoffs, and we see that they're not going to be less than a two seed mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's why I say yeah, San Antonio was all ego, and I mean, it pop kind of took a little bit of the narrative like uh, what Phil Jackson did in New York. He kind of, he kind of, you know, put that moniker out there about himself. And then even Tony. I mean, Tony's not there anymore. And why isn't he there? He was the only person to speak up about Kawhi. So they're like, you know, mm-hmm. we lost. we're not going to pay you money if we lose the main guy we're building our franchise around. You're about to retire. You did everything you could for us. So that's what I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's like chess. Just because I got puns doesn't mean I'm always going to use them. That's right. No, that's true. I also um, kind of agree with you on that for the simple fact is, okay, he doesn't really play back-to-back games in Toronto, right? Which I felt that's what he wanted in um, San Antonio. And I'm thinking to myself, what's wrong with that? Because to me, Pop is the one who started that culture, was the one who started the whole my players needed days off and things like that. So... If the person who started this whole culture, how are you mad at somebody who's actually taking your your formula and just tweaking it a little bit? You know, I see nothing wrong with him one, wanting to come back 100% healthy for the simple fact is if you look at Isaiah Thomas, who lost a tremendous amount of money by going with his heart and love for the game. Because at the end of the day, hate to say it, it's a business, man. Yeah. I mean, it's not even hate to say it. I mean... We're seeing it, man. We've seen it with so many players, man. It is a business. I mean, it it's not about the player. It's about what they can make off of you. And, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we just got to be real. If, and if I'm these players, I'm doing the same thing that LeBron has done. I'm taking control of my own narrative. I'm not going to let somebody tell me what I am. I'm going to use my voice because even if you do trade me, if I play to the ability that I know I can play it, no matter what you do to me, the fans are always gonna love me. Oh, oh, oh yeah, long play, as you that, play, that's what they play basketball for. But you know what? I think that's what they should play basketball. Here's, here's the thing to it. They, I, I love the fact that the players are doing this. But just let's let's always remember it's only gonna get so far because at the end of the day, the owners do have the final say. Now I do like the fact that in the NBA, opposed to uh, the other major sports, that they do have more control over their storyline. Their legacy. I yeah. do like the fact of that. And um, football, as we see, there's nowhere near that. As, you know, according you know, to what happens, that's also their fault. When the last voting happened, they gave up, you know, uh, their percentage. I believe it was for more money or something like that. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I do like the fact that the NBA does, you know, listen, guys, they stick together. And it's more of a brotherhood. I, I like that. You know, to give an example, to be honest with you, I'm about to become, you know, listen, hate it or love it, that's going to be the next subject moving on to is LeBron right now. Um, I'm about to be a huge fan of LeBron if he actually gives Melo a job. And, and the reason I say this is because that's true brotherhood. Indeed. You don't see that out in the world. You barely see that in any other team sport where the icon 
of the league is speaking up for another player. I, I, I really like this. And if he gets Melo a job, which I listen, I, I'm on the wave that Stephen A. Smith is on. I'm sorry. I and this is what I say. When it comes to Melo real quick, it was a bad fit for him in OKC. I said that. I said this is not gonna work out, Oklahoma. You're playing behind Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, listen, not to say he doesn't get assists, but it, Westbrook is the type, his assists really, 80% of them come off the, you know, a, a cop-out. I drove to the lane, oh, shit, I can't duck under them or dunk on them. Oh, man, he's open in the corner, dish it out. You know, if you're playing the video game, you're going up, and all of a sudden you hit X at the last moment to pass out. Those are Westbrook assists to me. And um, well, if you're somebody like a mellow and you're an ISO player just like Westbrook, it's not really going to work. Yeah, it works with Paul George, but Paul George, to be honest with you, people don't Way understand. He's fun. That, and be honest with you, PG, even though his numbers don't say it, but PG has no problem being the number two. Remember, when he first came to the league, he played behind Danny Granger. He took over once Granger got hurt. Had Granger stayed healthy, he was still on the ball because Granger died. We probably out young. know this, Paul George. Not till a few years later, because Danny Granger died out at the age of thirty. Yeah. Danny Granger had went to about 33, 34, still healthy, still killing it. You know, because he was the real to me ultimate two way player that can score and and shut you down. So yeah. you know, it, it'd be a different story. Yeah, we'd still hear about PG, just be a, a little bit later. You know, he may have not even stayed on any end of that long. But, you know, it's the difference between him and Melo. You know, Melo came in the league not behind anybody. This is my team. You drafted me because, you know what, I am the face of your franchise. That wasn't necessarily PG's, um, um, what you call it, goal. They already had somebody. He was there to, to help. Actually, PG, you know, he wasn't really known for scoring. Like he was known for defending and banging it on you. Let's yeah. keep that real. So, you know, different play and different coach. I mean, let's be real. The coach in Oklahoma is not that great. And when you're a coach and you get a player like that, you have to tweak either your roster or your schemes. There's a lot of coaches that will not change the playbook. So then what do you expect? He's got it. He's, you know what? Then he's forced to become a catch-and-shoot player, which we've seen in Houston and Oklahoma. I knew it wasn't going to work in the Dan Tony system because that's not his type of role. At least yes. he or that, or he would have to understand you're gonna have to be the star off the bench. You have to be the Ben Gordon type player. As soon as there's the first dead ball, I'm bringing you in. Yeah. But then again, you gotta remember in Houston, listen, James Harden numbers are way better. Why? Because he is holding the ball. Now, watch when CP3 comes back and the numbers get cut in half. People try to blame the play on Melo. No, you just had another star to get the ball to. But guess what? Houston is, is not with that. You know, if you, you ever go and get used to eight shots a game, you, Melo was there to be a catch and shoot. Had he shot the three a little bit better, and he had games where he had 25 points, 20 points. So I'm sorry. You're not a scrub if you're scoring like that. Yeah. I mean, to, to just chime in on what you're saying, in my opinion, this is why I told you before that I will put – LeBron over Kobe and Jordan as the greatest player of all time because greats don't really have humility, especially while they're still being great. They have humility after they, you know, come down off the mountain or they retire and, you know, they get to be friends with somebody who they really I, I, like. I, I can agree with that. I can so agree with that. That's Definitely. why I always gave LeBron respect because you saw in the beginning that when LeBron came into the league, 
that he was willing to take the lesser role, even though he knew he was great. Who was his go-to veteran when he came into the league who basically showed him how to make it in this league? Larry Hughes, right? So, yeah, I'll be using uh, big Larry Hughes here. Yeah, because actually, remember, Cleveland did better once they acquired Larry Hughes. People, right. A lot of people don't understand that. Their record went tremendously up because, you know what, <coughs> excuse me, he, <coughs> he helped mentor um, LeBron James. And remember, Larry Hughes at that time was humble because he already had effed up in Philly, you know, thought he was a superstar, doing music videos with Nelly, but then died out. And, you know, he was a journeyman. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like with Melo, I mean, I don't feel like the Lakers are the best fit. I mean, yeah, it's good that LeBron's getting him back in the market. I can respect that. But I think I've said from the get-go since, I mean, he was in New York and it was talking about where he should go. It's me. I, I feel like it should have been Chicago or I Portland agree. out the gate. And I feel like Portland right now would be the Portland would be great, for him yeah. Because they know how to space the floor and allow ISO players to score. Because if you look yes. at, if you look at uh, Dame good. and CJ, they both came in the league as ISO scorers. They've never been catch and shoot. And the reason they can have these crazy numbers to mimic, you know, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson is because they are ISO scorers. They can find their own shot. You know, kind of how we, how we say on our, on our game in 2K, if we, let, if we allow people to, you know, have space, they're going to get a basket or they're going to set somebody up. That is a mm-hmm. known fact. As long as you got space, you're going to create something. So I feel like with Melo... Going to that team right now, even looking at how uh, Nurkic is playing, I think that would be a great, great fit. That would be a great fit. It will work. We may get four to five more years of Melo if he goes to Portland, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, now, I agree with Lakers, that. I, I can see two or three years possibly. But third year is going to be just being a veteran player on the bench coaching. But see, in Lake in Lakerland, I feel it could be a 50-50. I feel it's a strong chance it won't work out because you know what? Just like you said, I don't feel that's a good mesh. I don't feel they match too well. Portland, I mean, we, great. Shop, Chicago. The only reason it may work out at a higher possibility is because LeBron knows how to feed you the ball. And, um, you know, I, go ahead with you, what you was going to say. I'm going to get back to what I'm going to say. I was going to say, say little... in, in, in a Lakers sense, like, yeah, LeBron's going to make, you know, all of them be better players, right? But who do we see step up to be the guy LeBron went down? It's one guy that's really standing out. Do you think he's a better scorer than Melo? No. Uh, Kuzma? Um, I mean, we're looking at this point. Yeah, Melo's not going to get the minutes that Kuzma's getting. But you got to have the ball. Hold on. If I gave them both the same amount of minutes, um, they both – they, I would think, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, uh, because Melo is just a pure scorer. I'm going to give a slight notch to Melo because of the experience, and he's got more moves. Melo could post you down in the paint. Melo's your pure ISO scorer, and given the same minutes, I'm going to have to get the slight nod, and he's more, he would be, to me, more consistent. Uh, Kuzma is awesome. Uh, has been playing great. Also, let's not forget Lonzo Ball before he went down. Uh, was really flourishing well with the team. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. If he comes, right, somebody has to go. So that must mean if, if Melo signs and Brandon Ingram is gone, I mean, we're just being honest. <clears> I don't know, man. The talk's been saying Kuzma, bro, not to cut you off. And I hope not because I think that's crazy. But if we're being real, they know that they they get another superstar next year, right? 
Like we we, we all kind of know that they're gonna get another superstar. Um, when it comes to the Lakers, the Lakers, I mean, just with the Bus family as well, they're willing to gamble a few years or a great player that's gonna be you know dominant right now. Like I, you know, um, instead of trading Kobe, they traded Shaq. They knew who was on the decline first. Kobe was still going up the mountain. So you're willing mm-hmm. to gamble with a player. Yeah, he may have won a champion, won you know championships with Shaq, but he wasn't a leader by himself yet. That's why I say even if Kuzma is the one to get moved, I wouldn't be mad at that move because they're going to get a better player next year. They're going to they're going to they, get a more complete score, and Melo's going to have a little bit more comfortability with that team. He's going to know how to play with those young guys. But the reason I said that Kuzma would be a better score, it's a different NBA, man. Like it's not you know That's true. the early two thousands to where you can literally ISO somebody for a full twenty four seconds. Somebody's gonna step up and take that ball out your hand. Nobody's just gonna give you a you know ten minute I I mean ten second ISO. Like that's that's not really gonna happen anymore. Kuzma goes to find a shot when there is no shot. I haven't seen that from. Well, yeah, he's yeah, but yeah, because one he's younger. And, um, I will give you that. Yeah, his inside game and well driving is I will say better. Uh, you know what? It depends. You know. I don't think Melo necessarily needs 10 seconds, um, definitely because as soon as you go to try to rip the ball, he's going to turn around with the R2 button and, you know, back you down, post you up. Yeah, so I don't necessarily – yeah, I don't see that, you know, being a, a necessarily a problem. Um, the only issue – like, you know, the only reason I would take Kuzma overall is because I think on defense, you know, Kuzma is just – it's just better, <laughs> and yeah. that's why I would hate to see. I would hate to see him go over Ingram. I think Ingram needs to go. But as to what you were saying, when it comes to you know what you can get, of course you want to get more for Kuzma than Ingram. So if you can definitely, you could definitely listen. You, could, I'm pretty sure if he wanted out, or let's say, or things started to get bad or at the right time. You could trade Kuzma for Devin Booker. Whew. Can you imagine that? <laughs> First of all, let's let's just give a moment of silence to the Phoenix Suns for that theory. Yeah, they're like, doing it, but he he's getting frustrated. He's getting frustrated. He, he, they're doing he, everything he they is, can, but he he's, is, he's, but he's getting he, frustrated. What there. you what you just well, I mean, just bring the idea to my head because I love Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is the underrated. He's the he's. I'm not gonna say great value. But if we're looking at Doritos, he's the Cool Ranch, and Clay Thompson is the Nacho Cheese. Like he's right there with him, but the fact that he's not in that light, he's not able to show that consistently. He has to carry a team by himself. I always said about Devin Booker, if he got traded to a team that had another superstar, somebody that he can, you know, take the they can take the load He'd off his shoulders, yeah. he would be a monster. So that he whole fear of him coming to the Lakers, the Lakers are going after some players. And we all know Klay Thompson is becoming a really interested in the Lakers all of a sudden. But if they can't get Klay, I definitely would shoot out the Devin Booker. I would package Lonzo and Kuzma if I had to. Uh, Kuzma and uh, Caldwell Pope and somebody else to get a Devin Booker and to get a Kelly Oubre package. That would be scary. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. That would be scary. To pick up Devin Booker and maybe Kelly Oubre, that would be – the Lakers definitely championship to me because the thing about LeBron is he knows how to mentor great players. He knows how. I mean, he he bring he brings it out of people. That's something that I said Jordan and Kobe didn't do. They shot you down. They didn't allow you to get better around them. LeBron will actually say, "Hey, I'm better than you. 
but let me show you some things that make you better than everybody else because you know these things that I taught you. Or I brought things out of you that I saw in you. I think that's a very, very good trade. And I think that's why people always kept Bradley Bill in the whole trade talks to the Lakers too because we know mentorship is really big in the NBA. Really, really big. So I, I definitely feel like that would be a monster trade if they were able to pull it off. So Magic, if you ever hear it, man, pull it off, man. That'll be beautiful. I'm not even a Laker fan, but I damn sure become one. Devin Booker go over there, and that would be a um to me a great pickup too. Bradley Beal, I think Bradley Beal would be an awesome pickup for them. But um, I think right now I think he likes being the man, knowing that John Wall won't be back for a while. Like he's actually killing it. Um, hey, I love it though, man. Gotta love LeBron, man. Uh, but the Lakers right now five and nine without him. He's missed uh. 15 straight games, that groin is a serious injury. Do you think that if he doesn't come back within the next two weeks that um that, that um ship hit an iceberg that's too big and the sinking is, is, is already started, or can they stay afloat? I feel like they can stay afloat, but the reason I feel like they can't as well the West has too many teams that are dominant. You have, you know, yeah, a four games first of bad, you know, bad games. You're probably out of whatever ranking you're in. So they are, they're, tr- I mean, they're basically they're going to stay between the fifth and the uh, eighth seed. That's where they're going to stay for the whole time that, you know, LeBron's there. Until they get another superstar, that's the highest they probably can go to the fifth seed. And I, I don't think they want the eighth seed. They don't want the eighth seed. Of man. course I'm they don't want it, but I mean, we they don't want it. Tickets sell. So whether they get the eighth seed or they get the fifth seed. Oh, tickets is going to sell if they get the But here's the thing. Tickets is only going to sell for four games if they get the eighth seed, okay? <laughs> but we're talking about we're talking about Staples Center. <laughs> LeBron bringing Showtime back, and you got a guy like Kyle Kuzma. I mean, right now, I think that's what they're focused on anyway, adding that value back. Well, yeah, because you know back. what? They, they know this year that they're not going to the finals. So they know, you know what? We're going to make a lot of money. Definitely will. Definitely, Definitely will be making some cheddar. Um, here's the thing. I always said this. I don't think – I think if anybody I would package, I would try to keep um, the young core, but I would definitely try to package Ingram and Rondo. I always said you didn't need Rondo, especially the way Alonzo, Alonzo Ball has been playing. He's great. What's the, I mean – Especially if you have Lonzo coming off the bench because basically LeBron is playing your starting point guard. And you can't, to me, those two at the same time, only if LeBron is going to play off guard is going to work and let Lonzo do what he do because he is not an off guard. He can't shoot. He can't score like that. He shoots Ben Wallace from the free throw line. So let him play. Let him then at least get the backup. You don't need to let Rondo get the backup and let this kid either start with LeBron or... Pack on, you know, pair him with Rondo. It just to me, it's just a bad lineup, and that's to me is is, is the things that that I say, Luke. This is this is why you're out next year. <laughs> as soon as this season is over, yeah, because he doesn't you're know how to, He doesn't know. How to, that's why I say he. That's why I say he shouldn't be a coach. He doesn't know how to manage talent. I mean, just or just being real. Like you, you're right by everything you're saying, but at the same time, you're not because I feel like Lonzo is an off ball scorer. So if LeBron did want to go crazy and create. They had a game where Lonzo mimicked almost four plays in a row of what LeBron did. And he showed that he can be on the floor with LeBron and be dominant. So I feel like he should start point guard if they don't have another point guard in the system. 
I really feel like Lonzo's a two guard. He's just afraid to step up and show that he can score like that because he wants to have the ball in his hand more to create for other people. I think his dad raised him to create for other people. Yeah, they're that, all different. Yes, they're all different. Like if you look at them, I mean, Lonzo, he's the he's the passer. Um, Leangelo could shoot his ass off. Actually, that 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 boy he, can he shoot. Got, you ever watch video? He's got a wet jumper, and then the young one does everything. Yeah. He's the he's the he's the Penny Hardaway. I mean, I, I just yeah. But let, let's he's not go there. That'll be a whole other topic. But that'd be a whole other. I, 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 I definitely feel like um, if they traded uh, Rondo, it wouldn't be a bad deal. You know, because it wouldn't the because time, they don't really the they don't need up it. And everybody needs a point guard like you know Rondo in the playoffs. But they got so much talent that no matter what trade they make, good or bad, it's still going to you know change the morale of the team a little bit. Like Kuzma and Lonzo. Kind of have to stay together. Last year, we thought that they really were beefing all because all the social media stuff, and you seeing they had to have team meetings privately and stuff like that just with those two. And this year, they look like the best of friends because they build a bond. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't feel like they need to trade him. I feel like the person is always knew he was going to get traded. I mean, it's just been inevitable since he inevitable since he got drafted. It's Brandon Ingram. He has to go. Yeah, like I, he I think to, yeah. he's a great player in another system. Like it's it's the Lakers. Yeah, he need, yeah, ball. he's not for him. He needs listen. First of all, let's be real. He they're trying to put him in a spot that he hasn't matured into yet. He needs to work on his jumper. It has to be more consistent. He needs to work on his ball handling. It has to be more consistent. He is not a great rebounder for a guy his size. He's not a to, to me. He's not a good defender for a guy his size. There's a lot of parts of his game that he needs to work on before he can mature in that spot. Before they can say, "Hey, we're calling on you to be number two. So this is why, to me, that Brandon Ingram project is failing because you know what? He's forced in a spot that he isn't ready yet. He needs if this was um next season and he had this whole season to just wild out and do what he needed to do and see what he needed to work on more and better because you know what I guarantee you once they signed LeBron what they was gearing him up for was to be number two instead of gearing him up to for, to work on his game that was the problem so to me he needs to go somewhere where you know what. He could either come off the bench and be a six-man so he could work on his game to be on that number two spot, or he needs to go in a system where somebody like a Popovich or Brad Stevens could really coach him. Definitely, definitely. But I, I don't think he'll end up on either one of those teams. No, absolutely not. He he won't. I, I'm hoping that he'll, he'll go to a team where he could flourish as the six-man and learn his game. That's That's what I'm really hoping for. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I hope that he, you know, does get traded. I feel like if he stays there any longer, we're just going to be talking about how, how bad he is and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he can't evolve in that system. I mean. A hundred percent. And that's what it comes not, down to. It's not like he's Paul Pierce. Like, you know, he came out the gate and got the keys to the ship and built himself mm-hmm. up in that, you know, in that team. So, yeah, he, he got to go. I mean, just he's a better player. I mean, the they knew he was going to be good, but, you know, um, I felt when he got drafted, right, with all these young guys, I kind of compared it to when the Clippers had all those those great young guys, Quentin Richardson, Corey McGarity, Elton Brand. They just kept drafting young talent and yeah. really didn't know 
who was going to be the face of their of their franchise and who was going to be number two, who's going to be the sixth man. They kind of just like rolled the dice every night. And I felt that's what he kind of got put into with the Lakers and their situation, that they didn't know what they, – they, they drafted him at a high pick because he was there, and that's what they wanted. But when they brought him in, they didn't really know what role he was going to play. And that goes, like I said, man, it always goes back to my podcast organizations. When you get drafted, it's up to the organization a lot, man. To, unless you got that superstar upper echelon talent, it's up to the organization to mold you and form you, you know, that put you in that right direction. Definitely. That's just, you know, that's just how I feel on it. Hate it or love it. But, um, Let's boogie down to Golden State. And um, first of all, man, they broke an NBA, another NBA record, 51 points in the quarter, man. 51 points in the first quarter, bro. The greatest scoring team we've ever seen in, uh, really, I want to say, in basketball history. I mean, just being honest, in all, in all areas. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say, listen. Especially with care. the Martin Cousins being added to them. I mean, I think they're going to go even crazier. I didn't listen, man. He gelled so well the first game, and even after that, you know, um, shooting threes. That's two things. One, he revitalized them because they were down as a team mentally. They were down. They were going through um issues. They were looking at like a bad soap opera. He comes back in, and all of a sudden, it's back to the same old Warriors, and they were they were even scarier. And here's the problem. With him shooting threes, somebody's going to be left open. And the last thing you want to do is leave the top five, probably three-point shooters in the league open, which is Durant, (laughs) Clay, and Steph. Like, what do you do here, man? What do you do as a team? Eagle Dollar's playing great again. Sean Livingston's playing good off the bench. What do you do? (laughs) I mean, that team. The only the only thing that they anybody can do in the NBA is just hope that they break up. I mean, it's, that's pray. That's oh, you you said pray. Yeah, a lot of praying, man. Every Sunday, and you might even have to fast. <laughs> Tell <Yeah. you. clears throat> it's it, it's just terrible, man. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, even if you bet on them, you're not gonna make no money off of them because everybody knows they're gonna win. The odds is in there, is 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 in their their side. It's crazy. The NBA Finals, whoever plays them, I feel, I don't know, man. Golden State is very scary. I watched the first game, and I thought to myself, this isn't even fair. This is this is crazy right here. They they got the ultimate Megasword. They they got, you know, when Sonic gets all seven Chaos Emeralds. They got, they got everything, bro. Like, they are at maximum power. It's just there's nothing I don't think any team can do. And I'm sorry. If James Harden goes in the way Houston is built right now with a hurt Chris Paul, yeah, he may he may drop 60. One man is not going to do it alone. The scores are going to look like 100 to 140 every night. See, there's going to be like 70 points from Harden and the rest by the team. There's only so much yeah. one man can do. I, I don't I don't even, I wouldn't even want to see that to be honest with you. That would be a massacre. It, it really would. I would hope he quit after the game too. <laughs> you know. <laughs> this, but knowing James this, Harden, man, please. That dude's gonna try to put seventy five points up per game. 
It still wouldn't be enough, man. Nothing. I mean, we we they they they've been posing this question a lot on ESPN and just different uh sports uh sites. Is James Harden the best scorer of all time? And if we gotta be honest, because the way he gets to the line, I don't care if they're faking the calls or what. I think he is. He's the best one-on-one scorer to ever play basketball, in my opinion. Ah, I, you know, because of that, I can't say that because it's just I watched that game last night with the Knicks. It was the first, um, actually, the first possession. Moutier didn't move, man. Like literally, literally didn't move. Just had his hand up. Literally didn't move, and he falls back, and they call the foul. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. When it comes to that, that disgusts me, bro. I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? You got you. You can't be serious. Like nobody touched him. There are times where he does get hit, and when he does get hit, oh man! It's, it, you ever seen the Power Rangers back in the days? Like when they get hit, one of them get hit, <laughs> all five of them fall. Yeah, it's like that. Like only one of y'all got hit. Why the rest is falling? Uh, it, it doesn't make no sense. Like a bad kung fu movie. You know, he gets hit. He just fall down a bunch of stairs. It's, it's terrible. I feel like he learned. From, he learned. He learned from the you know the early two thousands with Kobe and AI. If you watch that uh, finals, Kobe and AI had some of the fakest fouls ever seen in my life. Like the same. They did, but they they stopped it. They stopped after a while. They did. They were they terrible. Did, but they're saying they they stopped. Came from Allen Iverson. If Allen Iverson can get to the goal off the crossover, he will hook his arm to your arm and then go. Oh and go yeah, and do, oh you're gonna do that little fall there. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like I said, they stopped after a while. Him, he's just evolving it every year. Listen, he gets away with the travel. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't care what that is a that is a blatant travel. If you call LeBron's <clears throat> crab dribble, you have to call that. It's the same thing. Except one is is traveling forward, the other one's traveling backwards. <laughs> it, it really is. I, I don't understand that. So if LeBron can get called out for that, he can't. So I mean, here's the thing I will say. As greatest scorer, I probably put number two. Pure scorer, I, I don't ooh. KD's my only other argument, but at the hey, same time, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking Curry because the way Curry just—I mean, dude, I was gonna say, go I, ahead, was go gonna, that, I was gonna say, there's three names that come to mind always when it comes to sco- scorers. Two of them are in this era, and one of them played in the '80s. I always think Bernard King. I watched that man play, and just the way he scored was just relentless mm-hmm. and. That's one thing I will say about James Harden. That man, I like, you know what? When he gets to the rack and bang it, I love that. I love the way he just cuts people up. And his, his crossover is not even fast. It's just fluid. And people fall for it. He takes it to the rack. That's when I think James Harden, to me, is at his best. Not when he's, you know, faking or flopping or, you know, moonwalking. No, when he's sitting there in attack mode. I think he is disgusting when he's dribbling down the line, and you think he might not dunk. It's the banger Pachanga. It's over. <laughs> the That's the James. <laughs> That's the James Harden. I like. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, like I said, when it comes to, I, I definitely Steph Curry. I agree with you. Um, a lot of people won't mention him, which is weird because, um. I mean, he's this banging threes. It's not like he's going to the goal. He's going to bang a three on you every play. And th- th- he's banging threes on shots that any other coach in the league uh, would be living would, would flip on you, or would spaz on you. And um, he's taking them from everywhere 
on the court, man. Anywhere and everywhere in your face, crossing you up. You know it's crazy. Look at his numbers. It, it, I'd be upset if he doesn't get any MVP votes. I'd be really upset because this man is also having a phenomenal um season. Uh, right now, I, I you have to put James Harden. Yeah. Second, second. I be honest with you. Second, I go Paul George. Me too. I was gonna say the same thing. And third, third I, I go Steph Curry. Not a doubt is Giannis. I mean, to me. Oh, you say yeah? I say Steph. I say Steph, but I mean, I feel like, come on, dude. How many? Like, you know, you're gonna be here scoring for the next ten years. We, you always gonna have a chance at MVP. With Giannis. Oh, you know why? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no. Go ahead. No, I feel you. Now finish your journey. With with, with Giannis, uh, I, I just feel like with Giannis, you know, he got a smaller window because. The type of size that he is as a player, like he's gonna always be able to score and play defense no matter what. But I feel like because he's that size, you know, and he has the ball so much in his hand, eventually he's not gonna be able to dunk on you every playoff of Euro. Eventually he's gonna get cut off by faster players. With Steph, no matter who gets in front of him, I don't care how slow he gets, that wrist still flicks. So, <laughs> Flicking the flick of the wrist. Right. So I don't. I mean, that's why I feel like he has the biggest window to be. If we're being honest, him and James Harden are basically competing for the greatest score of all time. Yeah, with um, of course shooters have longevity in their sport. That's what keeps you alive. As most dunkers who end up um, gaining a jump shot <laughs> towards the end of their career, um, t- I I gotta pick Steph. The reason I say that's um, I can still see Milwaukee winning games while Giannis is hurt because Chris Middleton. It's an awesome number two. And Eric Bledsoe has really stepped up. And that bench is really good. They have a great coach. Yeah. Um, we saw, as great as Golden State was, they were losing when Steph was hurt. They yeah. were. As soon yeah. as he came back, he started winning. And that's crazy because KD's arguably one of the number two player in the league, yay or nay. Definitely. Definitely. So why wouldn't they continue that, 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 that winning, that, their winning ways? You're just losing one play. No, they 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 were losing. So to me, that's what that's the only reason I give Steph Curry that notch over Giannis. Yeah, I I feel you on that. But I also would say that the reason they were losing, we all you know. I knew where you going. So I feel like you know Draymond is the reason they were losing. We been yes, yes. So I need to lose a few of those games. But, you know, morale is everything for a team, man. I mean, Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, if you don't have, you know, your leader who's a vocal leader. Because I I don't know Stephen Curry was that vocal to, you know, the capacity of what he is. I mean, looking at documentaries and stuff like that, like uh, of them and just like little videos of them. I mean, he's a very, very vocal leader now. Vocal guy, which I'm shocked to. You don't think so. Yeah. With his teammates, like, I, I can get on you about something because. Not that I'm better than you, but like I show improve every time I step in the, on a basketball. And you court. know I, I'm the captain. Yeah, because um, they said after that little scuffle, Draymond and them called Steph. <laughs> of course, I mean uh, it sounds crazy uh, to us. You know, it's like oh, you calling your big your big little brother Steph, but it's like you gotta apologize. You gotta you gotta go to the best person on the team and apologize yeah. because Steph and KD never have a problem on the court. If you notice, they play amazing together. So if they lost yeah. Draymond and Clay. Uh, KD and uh, DeMarcus Cousins will definitely probably be like, hey, we're probably just going to stay here, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Hater love it. That's the Golden State Warriors, though, bro. Let's go, let's go to the East Coast for a little bit. Matter of fact, 
before we go to the East Coast, ladies and gentlemen, we gotta hit you up with the first ever segment. And I'm proud to present to you the Butler's Quarter. Presented by no other Sloy Butler. And this this week on the Butler's Quarters is the rookie of the week. Sloyd, give us the top five rookies of the week, please. Alright, top five rookies of the week, and this is the week of January nineteenth, twenty nineteen. So the week this week hasn't finished, but hey, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, number one, of course, the the guy, the guy, Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, he's trailing only LeBron at this time at voting in the Western Conference. I think that says a lot about a rookie um, averaging twenty six point seven points in the last three games, seven point three rebounds, eight point three assists, and shooting an incredible forty five percent. From the field, I think he's proven mm. that he's an elite player and elite sport. He's here to stay, and he's also leading all players in the NBA with 16 shots to take or tie for the lead in the final five minutes, and has 60 a 60.9 percentage efficiency during those times. I think that says a lot about this guy, and he's averaging 20 points a game, almost seven rebounds, six assists a game for a rookie. I mean, we all we all see why everybody's in love. He's with Luka, killing but. it, man. He's killing it. The force is with you, Luca. He is killing it. That's you can't get you can't pick a better number one than that, man. You just can't. Definitely, definitely. And you know, this guy, I really, you know, was a little hesitant about, but I mean, he he showed up big. Uh, DeAndre, number one, Dolph. Nah. <laughs> he uh, DeAndre Ayton. He, he's back to number two. Um, against Denver in a 102-93 win, he had 22 points and 13 rebounds with three blocks. This is the most blocks he's had since December 26. So I don't know what he was uh, doing the night mm-hmm. before, but keep doing it, big fella. Um, mm-hmm. He's averaging 16 points a game at 10 rebounds. And what I was shocked most about is shooting 59% from the field for a big man. I mean, nobody mm-hmm. can pick up the field goal percentage like that from the field except Shaq, maybe. And from the line, he's shooting a uh, 76%. I think he's aiming for the 80%. If he hits the 80%, I would say don't foul. Wow, that's big time. That's big time. That's big time. So, question before we move on to number three. What do you think, what would you say Aiden needs to prove on his game to become, to make sure that he doesn't get into, you know, that sophomore slump that's coming next year? I think mostly what he needs to, he needs to have a more aggressive mental space. And what I mean by that is use yourself on the court to be, you know, aggressive, do what you got to do. But don't allow somebody to have control over your mind while you're doing that because you can, you know, feel like you can come down every play and dominate and go up for a basket. But what if somebody really knows that you're going to try to get them all in force and they happen to pull a chair from under you? You know, the smallest little fall or, you know, thing for a big man, you get a foot injury, you get a knee injury, something like that, and that's going to, you know, just ruin his career, in my opinion. But it needs to be more aggressive once he, you know, comes down the court. Demand the ball. I understand Devin Booker's there, but I really feel like they'll be a way better team if they play the triple threat or, as we call it, the triangle offense. If they play the offense. type of system with those two guys, man, it'll be scary. Really, really scary. So I really feel like that's the main thing with uh, Big Eight. That's all he needs to improve on is that mental aggressiveness and just having that assertiveness to, you know, I, I, I need the ball. You know, same way Joe and D different back and forth now with Jimmy about it. So you got to get the ball when you that. need the score. I agree with that, definitely. Number three. Okay, number three, the man himself. Uh, I call him Young DeBarge. 
Mr. Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> R&B album on the way, Moses. But um, I, I really, you know, I want to I want to give him a lot of, you know, respect. Uh, I trust him from the beginning of the season when he seems to be getting more comfortable with finding his spot. I, I think he's evolving as a scorer in the NBA. Um, against Philly. Uh, one of 123, 121 win. He made three of eight three, which doesn't sound great when you hear it. But for a guy who has been missing incredibly bad, shooting 28% from three point land for the year, I, I'm a little bit satisfied with that. Be honest. Um, he also had 24 and 11, 11 assists against you, your, your your main guys right now, OKC. So that that shows that he wasn't afraid to step up against some good competition because Russ and uh, PG definitely are some lazy defenders. To get a double double and you know he, he shot four for nine from the field that game. I mean it doesn't look that great when you see him shoot nine threes, but a four of them drop, man. You gotta give respect to the man. Oh yeah, four for nine. That man, you that means you shot for um forty seven percent about. Yeah, it's almost fifty percent. Man. So, I mean, forty-five percent. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, long, long that's, that's actually good. Forty percent before the year's over. With, I think you know he, he has a bright future. You got to work on that three-point position. And um, you know what it is? Go go ahead, real quick. You know what it is? It's just that he he has to get adjusted to this is the NBA. They're taller and quicker. You know, the three-point line is further out. Once he gets adjusted, like you said, now that is, you know, every game is improved little by little. Next year, watch him shoot good at his highest percentage, though. But uh, I, I like Trey. Definitely in the beat of the rhythm of the night. But uh, <laughs> number four. Uh, we got your guy, Mr. Kevin Niles, Mr. New York City himself. Woo! Hold down, baby! The young, the young bull had an impressive 31 points um, this past Sunday. 108 to 105. And a, a loss to the Sixers, but when he scored these 31 points, he became a part of some elite company. So it, it says a lot about this guy. The elite company is the youngest player to score 30, and that's uh, Kobe Bryant, Devin Booker, my guy Jaron Jackson Jr., Kevin Durant, and Mr. LBJ himself. So Woo! keep balling out there, Mr. Knox. We see you, man. Knocking on doors, boy. That's what I'm talking about, man. And who, who we got as uh, that Cinco spot? Oh man, so I, I don't know if the fans are gonna like this, but um, at number five, yeah. at number five, we got Kevin Hartier. Um, he's emerging as a serious scoring threat right now. Him and Trey Young are forming a nice connection mm-hmm. in Atlanta. If you don't know him, get familiar with him. Um, in three games this week, this guy's averaging 19 points, shooting 55 percent, and shooting 57 percent from downtown. Keep stroking, big fella. Um, also, I think, you know, with him being a 19 pick, he was slept on coming out, you know, in the draft. But in eight games straight, he's averaging a double-double. I think he's stepping up to be a part of that elite company. You know, he may not win rookie of the year, but he definitely would be in the top 10, top 15 overall, you know, players that are going, going to go to the next level. And having a companion like him for Trey Young, you know, when you don't have a basket, you can set somebody up. There goes your, you know, five to eight assists a game right there, man. If you can't find anybody, you can find your big man that can pop the three. So keep doing your mm-hmm. thing. No, you, you, I, I agree because I actually watched a few Atlanta games, um, as, especially recently. Him and Trey are looking like a very good team, looking almost like a, 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 West, a East Coast um, McCullum and Lillard. They definitely – I hope they stay together for a little while. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think I think that, you know, was a sleeper guy anyway, so I, I think Atlanta mm-hmm. will break that up. So 
keep keep balling, man. Build that unity, y'all. You know, have a bright future, definitely. Maybe bring another superstar out there eventually. Yeah, man. And on, and since we're in the Butler's quarters, let's go to the, the room number two. And room number two is um trade rumors. We were talking recently, and you hit me with uh a um a trade rumor recently, and it's part of my. It has to do with um one of my favorite teams. <laughs> one of your favorite. Actually, teams. my. Actually, my favorite team was, you know, I'm always bleeding orange and blue. You know, um, Hootie, who? The, the the biggest trade rumor that I'm seeing coming out of uh, uh, Madison Square Garden right now is looks like it's time to go for Mr. Hardaway Jr. Um, it, it looks like, you know, he did not evolve into the score we thought he was going to be. I, in my opinion, he's another Harrison Bournes until he proves otherwise. You know, great, mm. great, great player can find your shot, but as far as being a leader, I don't think it's time. And they're trying to package him with Courtney Lee. And I don't mm. feel like that's a bad, a bad, you know, trade uh, to go out there with. I feel like they can definitely bring in somebody at the two or three. May not be a superstar, but somebody, you know, a great caliber, you know. You, you got to look at some of these teams that need to break up some of these players. And I'm really liking Boston making a move to pick up two shooters and maybe giving up a few of these guys, man. You know, I, I think that may be somebody that need to be knocking on their door trying to make a move because somebody got to go in Boston, man. Like, I mean, it's oh, if I'm the Knicks, get, give us go. Terry Rozier. Give us Terry, Terry Rozier. You know what? Are you crazy? But you know what, man? You know what? Hate it or love it, man. We're going to leave the Butler's quarters and um, we'll go to Beantown real quick because speaking of Boston, they got some drama, but they starting to pick it up now. That's the interesting part. Because to me, I feel for Brad Stevens to be a truly successful coach, he needs to get rid of some of the surplus of talent he has. Definitely. And he'll be all right. Um, they're not getting rid of Marcus Smart. That won't happen. Um, the only reason they might not trade Scary Terry is that Marcus Smart is definitely – like a Nate Robinson, you know, he's reckless with his body, so to say. So you don't know when he's going to get injured. So you kind of need a backup. <laughs> you kinda need In my a backup. opinion, they probably, they probably don't want to get rid of Marcus, but I watched the game. The no, they day. won't. What I'm saying, no, they'll keep him is what I'm saying. They might not want to get rid of Terry Rozier because Marcus get hurt. Who's going to back him up? No, no, no. I was going to say that they may need to look at actually getting rid of Marcus. And going after another young player. Mm. Now, the reason I say that is because when you look at what Kyrie said about, you know, making a phone call with LeBron and understanding what it takes to be, you know, a leader, you can't, you know, keep a lot of guys with that much ego and that much, you know, just sparking themselves. Because Marcus Smart is, you know, in my opinion, he's like a firecracker. You know, you never know when he's going to pop <laughs> yeah. off. So, yeah. With a player like that, you want to win a championship. You want to have some scrappy players. You want to have, but I think Marcus Morris can step up and you know be what they are seeing from Mark from Marcus Smart. And I, 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 I love Ma I love Morris, it. man. Huge Morris fan, bro. Big so, Morris so, fan. Yeah, yeah. And I, he's having a great year. Honestly, I, I think putting him in a starting lineup was the greatest move they could have made. Because I mean, yo, speaking about him, speaking about him, real quick. You know, like I said, since we're in Beantown, they, they had some drama. What do you think about him and Jalen Brown and um in the timeout and the little scuffle going at it? What do you think about what, that? What do we know about the Morris twins? They don't play that shit. If they ain't backing down for no fight, I don't care if it was their daddy trying to fight them. They'll whoop his ass yep. and apologize mm -hmm. afterwards. So 
with those guys, I think it's showing what I've been saying all year about Jalen Brown. It's time to uh, change some colors, my guy. You, you got to mm. get out of there. You lost mm. your confidence. The mm. He's getting a little bit more control of the offense. I feel like he should have always played like an off-ball player. I feel like what Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be, I thought Jalen Brown was going to be. And it hasn't panned out. He doesn't know how to play off-ball. It seems like he needs to have the ball in his hand to actually want to play. And at times, if you watch him, he doesn't look like he wants to be on the floor when he's out there with Kyrie, when he's out there with Marcus Morris. So it's certain players he's on the floor where you see him, he's happy, he's go-lucky, go ready to play. And it's really those guys from last year that they had that deep run with in the playoffs. If it's anybody else coming in, it's like, I really don't want to be bothered with you if I had a confrontation with you. I feel like you're taking food off my plate. And it, that's mm. what's going to make them as a team be a bad team long-term if they don't break that unit up. Every guy's like, man, you're eating, but you're taking food off my plate. When it should be a mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you may go first, but I'm going to still get the amount of food that I know I deserve to get. But you got to know what yep. you deserve. You can't over, you know, think what you deserve. And I think that's what Jalen said. Jalen got to get out of there, man. Okay, my next, the next issue, issue number two, Kyrie bugging out on Brad Stevens because he doesn't get the last shot in the game. And um, what do you think about that? I mean, I this is all. Crazy. I mean, this is all about you know. Then this happened, and then you know the whole he called LeBron James and basically gave him the praise Joe Martinez and said, you know, he's my daddy, um, kind of <laughs> apology. But uh, uh, want to know what do you what? Um, but here's my thing, man. I feel there's even though he was right, there's a time and place to handle it, and if you as a professional. And you as a leader, you handle that in the locker room. Wait till locker room. It's not going to yeah, get you I nowhere. Mean, this reminds <laughs> me of Scotty Pippen that year um, Jordan wasn't there. And um, I believe they were playing the Knicks in the playoffs. And Pippen was mad. Phil Jackson said, cool coach is going to get the last shot. And Pippen went crazy. But the difference is cool coach hit the shot. <laughs> But I understood Pippen just like I understand Kyrie. You are the man. The ball should go in my hands. Definitely. But here's the thing, though. But where does it get to a point where I'm the coach, you are the player? I think You, you may say and you may feel and you may be top dog. But at the end of the day, I have the final say. And if I feel this is a better move, we're going to do what I say do. Now, where do you feel that line shouldn't get crossed? Should or shouldn't? Shouldn't get crossed. Um, I feel like it shouldn't get crossed if you haven't proved yourself. But I also feel like even if you have proved yourself, you got to have respect for your coach. Because if you don't respect your coach, I mean, you're kind of putting bad, bad energy out there for the mm-hmm. team. You can't build a, a, you know, a house without a solid foundation, right? So exactly. if Brad Stevens is the person who has the blueprint and Kyrie is, you know, the guy who's the foreman leading the team to go do it. If you don't have that blueprint, how are you actually going to build a house? So I feel mm. like he was right, but at the same time, he was wrong. I feel like, you know, the way he went about it, it was wrong. He probably should have, you know, instead of flashing out on um, coach, he should have went, you know, straight to Jason Tatum and he's like, hey, you know, you're a great player. You're going to make these shots. Don't be mad at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. I think him doing something That's like that. That's a good way to think about it. Would have had the whole team like, the hell is going on? Kyrie's not mad right now? 
He's going to talk to, you know, JT about, mm-hmm. you know, being man enough to step up and take those shots. When you do things like that, humility, you have humility, you make the players around you better and they want to play with you. Mm-hmm. They showed you give them it, confidence, yep. He, but they showed it after that, you know, when he, he hit the game winner, you know, he closed the games out. Everybody was, you know, happy and go lucky about everything. But I think with Kyrie, Kyrie has the Kobe kind of mindset when it comes to, like, basketball, like, I'm not here to be your friend. We're here to win something. So it's like if you're not willing yeah. to win with me, you know, you can't be mad at me if you, if we don't win a game and I'm I'm mad at you because I want to win. You don't seem like you care to win that much. So I, I definitely understand, you know, where he comes from. I think that's why we always heard those rumors about him and Jimmy linking up because when you got there fighting, you you don't want to lose. And, you know, those guys, I'm not saying that. Oh, you know, those JT two pit bulls. Go, yeah. mm-hmm. JT, JT's not ready. I mean, in my opinion, he's not having a year. I mean, I think that sophomore yeah. slump. That sophomore know, slump, yeah. Yeah, something we definitely got to discuss. But I, I feel like long term, um, he got to build character in his in his unit because if you know you, you you can't bring shooters around you if you never train them how to shoot, right? You paying somebody to you know protect you if you never you know show them how to shoot. How they actually going to Yeah, what they protecting exactly? And see, here's the thing: you bring up an interesting point. Kyrie has the Kobe Mamba mentality. So when I heard that he called LeBron, everybody was like, oh, oh, my God. you know." And I was like, I think that was all to divert what he did because it happened right after that whole lash. And listen, I'm not mad at him for that move. I'm just saying I can't see him really taking that. Because even when he was speaking about it, it's, to me, he didn't have that, like, Humility, genuine feel like, yeah, man, I really had to talk to him. He had that, yeah, I talked to him. Like, like, yeah, I spoke to him. I had to hear what he said because at the time, maybe I thought I needed. But when I heard him on the phone, I was like, oh man, he's bugging. Get the fuck out of here, um, Kobe. <laughs> I felt like it wasn't, you know, I, I felt like it was disingenuous. I, I, that's how that's the felt. That's that's the vibe I got from it. I feel, I still feel like he's a he's a Mamba. He's from the Mamba school. So calling LeBron wasn't going to solve anything, and I still think at the end of the day he's going to have Mamba mentality, just like you said. So I don't, I don't think that phone call really solved anything, um, because what is happening is just yeah they started winning. He started going ham. He got the ball again. <laughs> That's what started happening. They're winning and he's going nuts. He's going crazy. He's got the ball directly back in his hands. So. I mean, it goes back to what we just said, Mamba mentality. You know, Kyrie's a good passer, but at the end of the day, Kyrie's going to get his first. Which Definitely. I'm not mad at. Yeah, I'm, like, a, he, big, he I'm a big Kyrie fan. No, he's underrated. He can pass. I'm not saying he can't, but he's going to get his first. Listen, he's the reason LeBron has a chip. I say that to this day. In Cleveland, he's the reason why they have one in Cleveland. I'm sorry. That man balled out. He was yeah, he cutting curry. He was cooking Steph. Steph couldn't guard him. Clay couldn't guard him. He was that cooking man curry. Was, you said it right. He was cooking curry. He literally was cooking yeah. curry. No, literally cooking curry. Cooking with curry, too. Because his crossovers were spicy. <laughs> I'm saying. It was ridiculous, man. But, um, yo, I hate to love it, man. It's, that's Boston for you, bro. Before we head out, though, man, was, uh, I want to talk about, you know, we got the All-Star game coming up, the East versus West. And um, when it comes, comes besides, here's my thing. We know the notables, you know, Steph, Clay, Durant, um, LeBron, Kawhi, you know, Luka, everybody's saying D-Rose. 
Give me, Giannis, give me some name. Give me a name. Who you? Give me two names who you think will show up on the either the East or the West that nobody's talking about. Well, uh, it's kind of hard to say nobody's talking about him because I mean he's he's starting uproar right now that he may get traded. Um, but Kimba Walker, I mean, my opinion. Ooh, there we see. There we go. There we go. I think Kimba is the sleeper for MVP for the All Star game because I feel like this year is his coming out year. I think he's. Letting Charlotte know, like, hey, I want to be here, but if you, I mean, it's kind of like AD. If y'all don't give me some talent here soon, I'm probably just gonna say, you know what, I'll go play somewhere else for lesser money, but to make sure I got a team that's willing to win with me. So I feel like Jordan and him abundant, and I feel like you know, with them bonding, Jordan's gonna understand, okay, I gotta get this guy some talent ASAP. So be looking out for Marcus Soul possibly going to Charlotte, you know, just mm-hmm. going out to everybody. Yeah, that might be a good fit. Um. I like that Kimball Walker. Yeah, number two, your last one. Who you? Who else? I like Kimball's a very good name, actually. My last one, honestly, I feel like you gotta look at the guy from Denver. The, you know the the velvet touch from Denver. You know you you gotta look at the big man who can pass the ball. Oh man, can he pass the ball, man, and score the rock too at the same time, man. Right. So I feel like he's a sleeper because I mean it's just unorthodox. I mean we always talk about these, you know, unicorn players. You know, we look at big man who can dribble the ball and who can score, but what about a big man who can set up an entire offense and get a basket any time that he wants? Mm-hmm. What do we call those? Like, what is that? You know, that, yeah. that's a, that's an unknown. So I feel like his upside is incredible because it's not about him being dominant in the post. It's about him being a great ball player, knowing how to set his team up. Yeah, he can do everything. He can pass. Yes, he can pass. He can score. He'll post you up. Yo, he's a – yo – Denver got a gold mine with him right there. Um, I'm a, I'm a chime in. I'm gonna give you a name for the East Coast since you gave me one for the West right there. I'm gonna go with D. Ru- uh, D. Russ from the Brooklyn Nets, man. Kid is balling. Oh, yeah. Last uh, month and a half, 22.4 points a game, and actually 25, but overall 22 points a game this season. He's balling out of control. Definitely. I mean, I feel like um, he he's. I don't know if it's a re- resurgence or something like that. Um, but, I mean, I, I definitely always said that he was a sleeper player. I, I mean, what I was saying earlier about Brandon Ingram, you know, going to another system is going to make him a better player. He may be in that same, you know, regard for, you know, a year or two like uh, D. Russ was. But right now we got to look at D. Russ as somebody who's going to have a lot of people like, you know, Brooklyn doesn't look too bad. I don't want to be in New York. New York, hey, I don't want to be in Manhattan. Number, number, six, number six in the East right now. Right. Doing so better I than my like, Knicks. You know, if they, if they at least if they have a good showing and make it to the playoffs, you know they don't have to win the first series, but give it you know six games. Don't don't just get off TV mm-hmm. in four games. Give it six games so we can actually see what the team. Oh, made those, yo, he's made I, they play good, man. They play good. I like to see those those young boys play. Listen, they move the rock. They play hard. They got to me probably probably number two defensive center in the league with Allen. Definitely right behind Luka Gobert. Definitely. You know that man doesn't get mentioned, but he's he's a monster. He's definitely a monster. And um, before we head out, I know I said this last time, but I definitely wanted to get this in. I totally forgot. Sophomore slumps, man. Uh, we got to talk about the Spider Mitchell, JT, Jalen Brown. You know, um, a lot. You know, praise God. Um, you know. I was. I don't think Alonzo Ball is is in that slope. Um, Darion Fox definitely is out of that slope. You know, his he he had a eh, rookie year, so he's having a great sophomore year, which is great. 
What 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 about these sophomores that aren't doing too good that stepped out? You think if Utah make it to the um, playoffs again, we're gonna see another dominant performance from Spider Mitchell? I don't think like to that extent. I think what with what with Spidey is, you know, he's a short guy, right? Uh, yeah, he, 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 he's not your normal two-guard size for now. Yeah. Yeah, but if you look at his lower body, you see that's where most of his, his strength comes from and everything that he is. Like, he's a core player. I mean, the best way I'm trying to explain it. I think he may need to lose a little bit of weight, man. Like, some games he looks sluggish out there like he's carrying too much around. Or he could be fighting an injury that we don't know of, you know? Because – He's not performing with that athleticism that he had last year. Don't get me wrong. He still goes down the lane and will try to take your head off some plays. But it's not to a consistent matter of making people get out the way and, like, creating an offense for yourself because people are afraid to let you come to the goal. So they give you jump shots. Like, he, mm. he's getting, like, zoned out now. Like, you know, and it's like I think him and uh, JT, you know, Jason Tatum, are both, you know, seeing that you can have you a good year or, you know, you can have you a few good games. But if you look at, you know, basketball long-term, you have to evolve with the game. People notice your patterns. One thing about the NBA, they study film every day, man. Mm -hmm. These guys are watching you, and they know your go-to move. You're not going to get those plays too many times. So you got to use your go-to move to be the setup for another move, i.e. Derrick Rose, still out here eating. Shout-out to you, King. We see you. We see you all day, every day. Keep the dress going. Keep the roster power. You know what I'm saying? Itow, keep your vital. Um, here's my thing, though, when it comes to, um, Jason Tatum, a lot of people, um, you know, swear he's like, um, you hear a lot of the, um, media talks and everything, almost as if he's super athletic. He's nowhere near the build of, like, a super athletic, you know, guy, um, Tatum has banged it on a few people, but he's not out the gym hops, if we're talking about, like, up there, top tier hops like a Dennis Smith Jr. or Miles Bridges per se. Those to, guys to, to me, me, he he reminds me of a lighter version of. And people may you know take this the wrong way, but Antoine Jameson. You got to talk about North mm-hmm. Carolina Antoine Jameson coming into the league. Antoine, mm-hmm. not yeah, didn't have the most, and they didn't have the most serious hops, but did bang it on people. Yeah, right. when you talk about Golden was a, State, he's a definite score. Well, yeah, definitely score goal to state and hit the corner three and everything. Here's the thing: he has a better jump shot. He has his peak is higher than Antoine Jameson. Um, it looks like sometimes when he's on the court, he's lost. Yeah, um, big time, man. That's the problem. Like he doesn't know what to do on offense. And um, when you're playing against along somebody like Kyrie, to me, you almost have to mimic him, not as his style of play, but as in um, aggressive style as going to get your shot. We saw that more in the rookie year. It's definitely not there this year, which is crazy because to me that dog should be even stronger. Right. Um, I don't say the same case as Spider Mitchell. I actually agree with you kind of a little bit with maybe he came in a little overweight or something, maybe he a little injured because um, he still has that aggressiveness, can still get up there. Crazy as I met him last year too, around 50th Street, around draft time. Uh, it's crazy too, man. He's actually not that tall. I'm six two. He's he was only a few inches taller. He looked like an NFL running back, five ten, two forty. Uh, almost. Uh, not as quiet. He's a little skinnier than that. Uh, but yeah, this year he definitely looked like he came in. You know, was eating a little good. Hey, that happens. Um, his shot is still there. Yeah, definitely. Um, his problem. He is being aggressive. I think he's just missing. 
So I, I think next year we'll see a different him. They're all total polar opposites of my man from Sacktown. That is Darion Fox, who is killing it, boy. He said, you know what? I got to turn this around for my rookie year. That shit was terrible. <laughs> killing it. Killing it, man. Oh, definitely, man. He's, he's, a, he's a great young talent. And you got to look at Marvin Bagley. He's having a good year out there. Uh, I oh. mentioned for the uh, rookie list earlier. You know, that's, he's definitely. Uh, oh, Marvin Bagley for the rookies. Yeah, if he yeah. can stay healthy, that's his only issue. The kid needs to stay healthy. Um, I think he's going to be one of the greatest post scorers we have seen in, in a long time in the NBA. Just I like to see flat out post scorer. Like people got to understand what a yeah. post scorer is. They just think that you get a basket under the goal. That you're no, I'm talking about backing you down, up and under, faking you while giving you the Kevin McHale, aka sometimes the Kareem the Dream. That man can score in the post. Uh, I look. For, I just hope he gets healthy, man. Shout out Duke. No. Shout out Duke. All day. Look forward to seeing him um play more. And um, shout out to. Underboarded gear, man. They just sent me a sample of some of their gear, man. Can't wait to open it, advertise it for you guys, and show you the cool T-shirts they just sent me. Underboarded gear. Check them out on Instagram. These guys have awesome gear, basketball clothing. Just, you know, in, in a different style, a cool style, cool urban gear, you know, to wear outside. Check out Underboarded gear on Instagram. And don't forget to check us out, man. Check us out our previous episodes, Spotify. Anchor FM, Apple Podcast, and you know we're always here. And soon, episode twenty, uh, episode twenty-one next week. Until then, I'm Charlie Brown, and this is who state your name, gangster, one more time for the people. Floyd Butler, Floyd Butler, y'all get familiar. Thanks for listening. And we out, man. Till next time, stay blessed, love, peace, and hair grease. And we do this again. It's no more eyes to me